Our reading this morning is taken from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they couldn't get into Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there, thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Amen, and may God bless this reading from his holy word. As I reflect on the last two years, there have been many things that have affected me greatly. Even uh, one of the, the things that I missed the most, I reckon, was the opportunity to join together with others in church and to do what we've been doing this morning, to sing to God's praise. Even after we were allowed back in uh, to our church buildings, singing was not allowed. And eventually, and even still today, uh, from behind a mask. It was a huge miss to me, and I'm sure it was to you folks as well. When Christians gather together in worship, there are normally three main ingredients that make up the service, and that is praise, sung praise, prayer, and preaching. While we were not being denied freedom to pray or to listen to God's word being proclaimed, there is no doubt that the restriction on praising God with singing have made many realize just how important this is when we come together in worship. Back in August last year, I was at the funeral of one of my chaplaincy volunteers, and I was moved to tears by the singing of Psalm 23 and the hymn In Christ Alone. I felt like a different person when I left the church because it had been so long 
since uh, I had engaged in such meaningful and heartfelt worship, and yes, even at a funeral. Later that same week, I was directed to a verse in the Old Testament, the verse that's found in the book of Ezekiel, at chapter 46 and verse 9. And it gives direction about worship in the temple. And it says this, when the people come to worship, uh, sorry, when the people come to worship the Lord at any festival, those who enter by the north gate are to leave by the south gate after they have worshipped. And those who enter by the south gate are to leave by the north gate. None may go out by the same way that as they entered, but must leave by the opposite gate. Now, you could be forgiven for thinking that these words are an instruction from the church elders about the proper procedure at worship services during the pandemic. I don't know if that sort of thing, one-way system applied here. It certainly did um, in the church where I worship. But that's not what this is. They are part of Ezekiel's vision of the restored temple, written years before um, any global pandemic. Originally, the words had a practical purpose. The instruction was to ensure an orderly flow of worshippers through the limited area of the temple's outer court. It was a safeguard against a people jam. In one way, they went out another. But surely these words have a deeper meaning and significance for us. Because worship ought to create the dynamic for progress. When we come before the Lord in public worship, some changes should occur in our hearts and minds. Changes that will produce corresponding differences in our daily lives when we are away from the sanctuary here and getting on with day-to-day -day living. In one way, we go out another. We can spell this out in three succinct statements. Firstly, worship gives a new direction to life. The story that we acted out here of the paralytic and that we heard read to us was, brought, uh, uh, was about a man brought to Jesus on a stretcher by a group of four concerned friends. And it's a dramatic illustration of a changed direction in life. He came in through the roof and he went out through the door. He arrived with his back on his bed and he left with his bed on his back. And the whole thing hinged on Jesus' encounter and Jesus' word with him. Your sins are forgiven. Stand up and walk. And you know, this sort of thing should happen every time we gather for worship. 
because it is possible to be pardoned by Jesus in such a way that the very act of knowing that we are forgiven brings about a major redirecting and reorienting of our life. Worship should confirm that experience of forgiveness. We enter as sinners and we leave as forgiven sinners. We come in one way and we go out another. Secondly, worship provides a new dynamic for life. The vision recorded by Ezekiel and the miracle written down by Mark have this in common. Both speak of activity, of hustle, of bustle, of coming and going. This is what worship is all about. The vitality of God motivating his people into ever new adventures of service and witness. Apparently, a number of years ago, there was a watch factory in South Wales where workers uh, held a sit-in demanding more pay. 2,000 workers uh, clocked in at 7.30 in the morning as normal, but they did no work. Instead, being Wales, they sat uh, around and spent the whole day singing. It was lovely, said the boss. It was just like an estipod. But I would rather have heard the hum of the machines working. And so would God. When we gather for worship, the singing and praise is good, but it's meant to lead us into action. The value of praise in a service is only truly Christian if we allow its inspiration to provide us with the much needed dynamic and guidance for living that we need. In one way, we go out another. And thirdly, worship adds a new dimension to life. The promise upon which any act of worship is based is that God is present in a particular way. Jesus himself said that a handful of people meeting in his name could know his real presence in a way that was unique. If we ever lose sight of that, then the whole exercise is devoid of spiritual significance. No matter how hearty the singing or how accomplished the instrumentalists, the purpose of any service of worship is to celebrate the meeting point between heaven and earth. And that point is a person, Jesus Christ. As we put him first in our thinking and living, we begin to experience this new dimension to life. Worship is a declaration of what we put first in our lives. When we come to worship, we ought to leave as different people. Worship should keep us 
from going out the same way that we came in. It should help us to go straight ahead in our Christian living. William Temple, the former, uh, a former Archbishop of Canterbury, defined it so well when he wrote this, to worship is to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God, to feed the mind on the truth of God, to purge the imagination by the beauty of God, to open the heart to the love of God, and to devote the will to the purpose of God. If all that takes place this morning as we gather with other like-minded believers in this place of worship, then it will be because you came in one way, but you go out another. If we are to praise the Lord week by week in the way that he desires, then our worship needs to be God-focused. It needs to be Christ-centered, spirit-inspired, and word-based. It involves coming in one way and leaving by another. And if all this is true of us out here in church, in community, it was certainly true for the men that I worked with in Short's prison. When men come into the prison, they come in one way. They come in by a back door under tight security in a secure van. But when they leave, they leave by the front door. The same door that I will use today when I go back into the prison. The same door that everyone else uses. They come in one way and they go out another but if nothing has happened during the time that they are in the prison, then basically they go out the same way that they came in. And nothing has been achieved. I ask you, as I always do when I share with you, to join with me in prayer, especially for the men who go along to the church service. That week, uh, week by week, that they may not leave the same way that they came in. Like the paralyzed man, they may come in through the roof, as it were, and meet with Jesus and have their lives changed and transformed and leave through the front door as forgiven sinners. So that when their time comes for release, things will have changed. And though they came in by the back door, they will leave by the front door. But they will leave as a new creation in Christ. That is what we pray for them. But we also pray that for ourselves here in Dale St. Andrews. That those who come into this building and join in our worship, and it may be people coming in off the street for the first time, 
or it may be some who have been coming to this church for years. Let's pray that they may truly encounter Jesus so that they may come in one way but leave completely changed and renewed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for that encounter of that man, that man who couldn't walk, Lord, who came in by the roof but left by the door, come in with his back on a bed but left carrying his bed and walking out of the door. Lord, we look for that transformation as we come from worship. It may not be, Lord, that we are unable to walk or anything, but, Lord, that we need our lives changed and transformed. We need to meet with you, Lord, in worship so that we will leave different people from the people who came in. So grant it, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.